You are listening to episode 116 of the STEM Space. We are gearing up for back to school and talking all things icebreakers and what you should have to start your school year. Listen in. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Natasha, how are you? Claire, I have been better. (laughs) I'm doing okay now. But the COVID got me for the first time since this whole pandemic started. I have avoided it. And then last weekend, I got hit. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. But thank you for coming on the podcast I'm anyway. I'm here. I sound weird to myself, but you said I sound normal. So yes. it'll be great. And you look normal. So, <laughs> but you feel okay? Yeah, I my symptom has been okay. You know how like COVID has weird symptoms? Like oh, yes. you got the toes. <laughs> COVID toes. Yes. <laughs> Don't know what that is. <laughs> Google it. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> mine started like a normal uh, cold where you have like a sore throat and just like runny nose. And then it moved into, I have hives in random places. So it was like a skin reaction to it. And I was like, mm. what is happening? Um, and my current symptom is I feel very like like a head cold that congested, yeah. which I've decided is allowing me to experience the same thing astronauts feel <laughs> on the International Space Station. Because I remember when I interviewed, um, I think it was Dr. Shamatov mm-hmm. and his experience of being on the ISS. And he said, it's like having congestion and feeling like a head cold. And I was like, that's what I'm experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being an yeah. Okay. So... Right? I'm so glad you're here on the STEM Space podcast. It's great We're to interview you, ast- astronaut Natasha. <laughs> you're a little bit delusional, so this is going to exactly. be a fun one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, great. So while you're in space, let's talk a little bit about back to school, because that's the mode that I'm in right now, and I'm sure a lot of other teachers are getting ready. Hopefully nobody has started yet. I don't know. They keep moving school start dates forward. So. Right. And it's all over my TikTok feed. Yeah. Like I follow a bunch of teachers and it's really fun because I don't have my own classroom. Like I will be teaching, but in the college setting, we kind of rotate through. Right. And there's all these great ideas of if I had my own classroom, things that I want to try. Like what? Share. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this is something everybody does, but I just thought it was the coolest thing. When my students walk in, I do some sort of like icebreaker, have them answer a question like this or that, right? Would you rather, I can't even think of one. Eat tacos with your toes or (laughs) eat spaghetti without (laughs) utensils. (laughs) Exactly, Claire. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> and other teachers will do something where it's more of like SEL. And so they write their mood if they're happy or they're sad or they're angry. But if it's your own classroom, a lot of teachers are using numbers. So they'll assign a number to every student and then you vote with your number and it's your attendance. So oh. you can easily track attendance and the kids are doing something interactive 
And so I thought it would be fun to vote on like the taco spaghetti question, or <laughs> if it was something like more science related, um, or just yes. like the mood is really cool too. And students can kind of like check in and then you get a like, what's the mood of the class that day? Ooh, that's a really great idea. And I could incorporate that. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do in my classroom as the starter. So every year I do something different. In past years, I've talked about this on the podcast before, is I've done like um, uh, like jokes or riddles that I have the students try to guess to get them to ask good questions. And so this year, something that I'm focusing on is their math skills, specifically with graphing. So I'll have to send you a picture and I'll have to post it later. But I have created this giant lego wall that kids are going to be voting on some sort of question each day uh whatever the topic is with a lego on the lego wall that actually graphs the insta- like my entire student population on whatever it is so like the first day i may say vote for your favorite ice cream and we're going to make a bar graph of all of my students and so that the next time they come back they'll see what everybody else voted for and learn about bar graphs. Oh, that's so cool. What, with like Legos. A perfect visual. So each piece is a student. Yes. But that's a good idea to number it. So you can also take attendance and then they could see like who's. Yeah. Who. And actually, I mean, merging the two, right? If you're doing this mm-hmm. on a whiteboard, you just stack the numbers and you could have like favorite ice cream. Yes. Know who's there <laughs> and have a bar graph. Yes. So they can, can see it. So then like the next time I was going to do some sort of like X, Y scatter plot or something like Mm -hmm. that and do like measure your height and then measure your arm span. Do you call that wingspan? I feel like that's, that seems better. Better. (laughs) Than (laughs) arm span. Uh, And then graph that. So you have your X axis being your height, Y axis being your wingspan and then see where you lie with the rest of the students Uh so they'll be having these visual representations that are like some sort of emotional tie to it because that's your vote up there uh to how graphs work so Mm -hmm. i'm pretty excited about it i like really want to do this i (laughs) just bring a baggie of magnets to class (laughs) like why can't (laughs) absolutely yes undergrads will do it right oh yeah especially get fun magnets to use. I don't think you should number them. I think you should get the ones that are like zoo animals and they have to pick (laughs) their spirit animal. I think that would be fantastic. Well, the problem I have with these icebreakers is I can't get my students to, you know, it's like peer pressure. You want to be cool, Uh, right? So I'd always ask questions like your favorite coffee shop, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe like five or 10 of the students in the class will actually do when they walk in. But if it's part of attendance, because they get knocked down letter grades if they don't show up for percentage of classes. So attendance is required. And so I feel like they will do it now. And (laughs) this will be my only form of attendance. But we can make it something like silly. So maybe not numbers, but like they pick their magnet. Mm -hmm. And that helps me like know them better, which gets back to sparks. And like ways to connect with students. Oh, I like this. I do have 33. (laughs) So it's a lot of unique magnets i have a set i'm gonna find it and we'll put it in the show notes but something i use with my kids there's like three different magnets per letter of the alphabet and it's to use with kids to help them learn the alphabet like a for alligator and astronaut and apple what if it's a letter to their name oh this is good 
but yes. I had like 500 like Madisons last time. So oh, I'm gonna, there's probably gonna be popular true. letters, but something with letters, this actually could be good. Last name. It'd have to be last name. Ooh, Does that help? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Depends I'll look on at your my class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so many good ideas. I like this. I love back to school activities because there's so many things that you can do and so many big takeaways. So, and Legos, I feel like Legos are key because you can do so many different things with them, like this graphing thing or, um, attendance stuff, but you've done other activities with Legos too, right? Yes. And I was going to say, you've done a lot of activities (laughs) with Legos because you have the the quick builds are like building brick challenges, right? Yes, like, with the task cards. Right. And so mm-hmm. before we go into that, um, I recently did a Lego activity because being with like the older students, like when I was teaching middle school, I never really used uh, Legos. Um, thinking like, oh, that's just like for little kids, right? Um, but I was in a session a little while ago with Rachel, and Rachel is a PhD student with me. I'm going to bring her on the podcast soon. So she's stay awesome. Tuned. Love her. Um, and she ran a session using Legos, and the challenge was more on the soft skills. So how could we, and she was teaching this to professors. So these were faculty for undergrad and graduate engineering students. How can you teach? the soft skills of communication and teamwork through an engineering lens. So her challenge was she wanted us to design a bank. And when I bring her on, I'll have her like explain more of the details. But the big idea is she asked us, what do you need to know to build this bank? Like she, that's all the information she said was like, you will be building a bank. And we're like, what? And so we're all engineers, right? We're like, well, we're going to need a plan. <laughs> we're going to need the materials list. You know, you're coming up with all these questions. And that was a really nice setup because it let us as students think through what we would need. And then she's like, we're going to start with a plan. So your job is to come up and create a scale model of this bank. And I have it here, but there's like a twist. So she had built a scale model of Legos and it was hidden behind this like trifold board. Mm -hmm. And only one of us on the team was allowed to go up there and look at it. And we could just remember things like we can write anything down or draw anything and then go back to our team and give instructions on how to recreate it. And we would only go up one at a time. So on our table, we had the exact same materials and the exact same Legos. And it was our job to figure out how to recreate it. Have you done something similar to this? Yes. I call it sneak a peek and I do Ooh. it anytime. Mm-hmm. Anytime that the we need some work with the communication and the teamwork, which is pretty often. So those stage one skills we sprinkle throughout the year, but definitely at the beginning of the year. And I do something very similar. I actually uh, will build several things. So like around Christmas time, I'll build like a little snowman and a sled or a snowflake out of Legos. And I take a picture of it. So it's only on my computer screen so that nobody can actually uh, like go around the table and like look at it without Mm, me seeing it. Uh, And so I'll have students work in pairs and have one of the people in each pair come and sneak a peek. And I give them 10 seconds to look at my computer screen and then go back and describe it to their partner. And their partner is the only one who can build it. And so they have to describe what it is. And the key is I don't tell them what the Legos are supposed to be. I hope that they can figure it out. Be like, yeah, it's a snowman. But 
by being able to describe the shape. So I'm like, okay, you got to think in your head, like, how are you going to organize your thoughts to be able to give proper instructions? So instead of saying, okay, you need one white brick that's uh, this long. And then on top of two, like think, oh, okay, my instructions are going to be, you're going to be building a snowman. And so the bottom part of the snowman is made out of this to give instructions that are like more helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, so there's just so many layers to this activity that I feel like can be helpful with other challenges and being able to communicate big picture and then down to details. So we talk about Mm -hmm. what works best. So I'll do it multiple times. The first time it's seasonal. Right. So the first time they're, they're like, have no idea how to do this. And they all fail miserably because I'll show them the picture up on the screen after they've tried. And they're like, Oh, wait, you told me it was this. They're like, I don't know. You know, they, they have no idea. And then, so we talk through, well, how could we make this better? Well, if you would have said it's a snowflake, that's five bricks wide or, you know, whatever, that would have been more helpful than saying, okay, you're going to take one brick here and then attach it to this one. Like, well, how do I attach it? Well, uh, I don't know. And so it's really interesting how kids can develop those communication skills. Yeah. And that just reminded me, I have done another version of this in a different conference. Uh, I was a grad student, Alex, and it was through drawing. So mm-hmm. we were in partners and I think we like had to pick A, B or C or something. And so basically our partner could see the drawing on the board and had to instruct us how to draw it. So no building materials needed. It was just drawing, but they couldn't say what the object was. Oh, so it was like, draw a circle on top of another, you know, like you were doing a snowman without giving away what the image was supposed to be to see how like close it could get. It's like taboo, that, that game where you're describing yeah. words without saying the words. Right. That's this good. is now Pictionary. <laughs> Pictionary. And you're the one dictating how to dr- the other person draws. All about communication. Oh, man. So good. So speaking of communication, another activity that I do with lower elementary that's been really telling on how to communicate without using words is called Don't Wake the Dragon. So I tell I the students. I just read that book. To Madeline last week. Oh, really? (laughs) She loves it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think this is anything like the book, but but I should read that book and then we can play this game. I usually do this with like first graders. And so what they have to do, because it's a class communication activity, is I tell them that you have been captured by a dragon and you're in this village And you need to be able to defeat this dragon. The only way you can is you have to cross the village without being detected while it's asleep. And if it wakes up, it will eat you unless you're in the right order. (laughs) And so I have to tell them, okay, you need to get in height order, but you are not allowed to talk because it'll wake up the dragon and the dragon will eat you before you get in the right order. So, So they have to communicate without speaking to get in height order and then they can say boo and wake up the dragon, but the dragon can't eat them because they're in the right order. So that's how they defeat them. That's so, really and then you could do that, you know, get in birthday order for the older right. kids. Cause that's more challenging, but uh, so any kind of communication mm-hmm. activity yeah. is great, which we have a lot of those like doing that with building towers. We have a lot of tower challenges that we do with that pipe cleaners, probably one of our most popular mm-hmm. and way underestimated. It's a, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I, I do with my undergrads. They yes. struggle. I think half, 
last year had a tower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could build a, a good tower, actually, to be honest, out of pipe cleaners. You just can't be ambitious. That's always That's what it is. <laughs> Just basic structures, have a foundation, and they get all fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Then, That's yeah. true. A standing tower is a tower compared to everything on the ground. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> you have to use everything. Um, and then space docking. That's always my go-to are those pipe cleaner and space docking. Yes. Which you don't really need that many supplies to do a lot of basic activities. So I'd say if you are starting out teaching STEM and you want some sort of stage one icebreaker activity, if you want non-consumables, get you some Legos and I would say pipe cleaners could even follow in that because you can reuse them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you want to do consumables, I would do pipe cleaners, uh, note, uh, note cards. Mm -hmm. Those are good for tower challenges as well. What other things would you add? Well, if you have note cards, you might as well do our nameplate challenge. Oh, which that's a good is, one. you remember that? Mm -hmm. So, it's a little bit more advanced, but it introduces using different materials and circuits. And so I would do this maybe after like the second or third day. And it's creating a nameplate, of course their name, but it has buttons. And so instead of having to raise their hand, they can push a button that says, I need help. Another button can say, I need to go to the bathroom. They can decide as a class what you want those buttons to be, the colors. Um, but it's really fun because then they can keep it on their desk and it's an interactive uh, nameplate. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to be doing that with fifth grade this year. So, and that just needs the copper tape because mm -hmm. it's a paper circuit and then a coin right. cell battery and some LED lights, which you can do different colors. So they have to learn how to make a switch on that one, which is yeah, kind of tricky. And that copper tape, tape can be so frustrating, but it's very yeah. rewarding. We will link the one that works the best. <laughs> yes. Um, you can also use aluminum foil as like a simple version but it's hard <laughs> yes or a paper clip or paper clip yeah tricky yeah. yeah it is tricky to make so i would recommend building one yourself if you go to do that challenge just to work through like all the the challenges a simple version though of like a nameplate is a mission patch and so if you want to start off with sparks we've talked about before which is something that they're excited about whether it's sports or music or video games. I had a kid love cooking or fishing, you know? So whatever their spark is, connecting that and in, integrating it into a mission patch for each student. Maybe it's their name, plate, name badge. And then you can make a light up if you want to have the, the paper circuit element to it. And I use those throughout the year to connect with my students. Oh, that's a great idea. Ooh, I just had an idea. What if they took their mission patch and made it into a magnet and then they use that for the attendance graphing question thing. Yes. <laughs> they would need to be small, smaller yeah. than I'm currently yeah. doing them, but yes. Or I you could that. get real fancy and I think you can take a picture of it or something. And there's places where you can Ooh. get them turned into magnets. Yeah. Right? Make those button magnets. Hmm. And then that's store. like their, the thing they keep at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, free gift. Oh man. Yes. This is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I need a budget. <laughs> I do need a budget. I have a lot of students. That's going to be expensive. Are your students, do you have each grade in isolation or are they in bands? 
both. So I have kinder through fifth grade. They're uh, in their same class. So only kinder meets at once. But there's multiple classes in some grades. So there's two kindergarten classes, but I have them at the same time. So like combined classes, which is about 20 kids. But then once it goes from sixth to ninth grade, I have them all at the same time because they get to choose an elective. So they have a choice between STEM, art, and journalism. Mm. Yes. So that's what I have to compete against. So I'm always, Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> this will be the first year that we're doing that. So we'll see how it works. And you're seeing your students once a week? Twice a week. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Second grade and up, I see them twice a week. Nice. These are all questions from Justin, who was listening to our last podcast and was very <laughs> curious how you were, what the logistics were of this K through nine. Oh, yes. Like, Tuesday, Thursday chaos. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm also teaching Wednesday now to fit it all in. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as we keep getting more students, I'm going to be teaching more and more, which is great because uh, before it's been compacted into two days and that's been pretty fast and furious. So it's good. Is it a 45 minute block? <laughs> yes. Okay. With three minutes in between classes. Well, I know you are working on a scope and sequence. That's um, right. To kind of figure this out. So I thought that would be good context into how you kind of organize your classes. And hopefully we can share that out, this new and improved scope and sequence. How's that going? Yes. So we have a scope and sequence right now that we are tweaking. We wanted to get that one out as quickly as possible to help teachers. Cause that's probably the biggest question we get is what do I teach? When do I teach it? And what order do I teach it? Cause we talk about the three stages of STEM a lot and how we uh, are encouraging teachers to use each of the stages, especially for upper elementary into middle school. You should have that stage three, hopefully some sort of challenge there. And we've added so many more things to our TPT store and our store on our website of more resources, especially for stage two and stage three that we have not added into our scope and sequence yet. So working on updating that for everybody, uh, getting pretty close because I'm going to start teaching pretty soon. So I need to have it done for myself, but especially for other teachers who are looking for a full plan to help you out this year in whatever grade you're teaching from kindergarten through eighth grade. So uh, if you have questions about that, we will link to where we have it now and that will be updated within the next probably week, if not already by the time you hear this podcast with some ideas for you. Some It'll link to all of the products. If you have questions, reach out to us and we can help you figure out how that could fit into how you ever your classes are organized because I know everybody teaches differently whether you have after-school programs or in-school, mm-hmm. in the science classroom that you're trying to integrate STEM, this should kind of give you just an idea of what you might be able to do in your classroom to teach stage one, stage two, and stage three. All right. Well, Natasha, I hope that gives people a good idea of some craziness of uh, how to incorporate <laughs> some icebreakers into the classroom. Oh, and. Boy. We'll I'm talk. excited about this magnet idea. I'm still thinking through how to do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's we're we're going places with that one. We'll have to so <laughs> share some pictures on social media about how that works out. And I'll share pictures of my Lego wall because I'm really yes, excited about I'm, that too. It's gonna be so cool. <laughs> but until next time, stem space out.
Do you get our free weekly newsletter? If not, you're missing out on amazing content, free resources, and ideas from Vivify and other STEM education leaders. All you need to do to subscribe is head to vivifystem.com backslash subscribe and get your copy delivered right to your inbox.